You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. This session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. So glad to have you with us now as we talk with Michael Card here in the studio. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Michael, for lack of a better word, your itinerant ministry has been on hold because of COVID. But uh, yes. are you antsy to get back on the road? I mean, I know people miss hearing you in concert. Yeah, I think uh, the plan is that uh, uh, trips are going to start back in, in uh, April and May. Okay. We've got a couple of conferences. We got the whole month of September is a tour of England. So right. the, the, the plans are, you know, there. And I, I, I'm certain we'll be done with COVID by then, he said, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we said that over the last year, right? Well, yeah. we, we pray that that happens. We really do. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to that day. Uh, coming up today, we're going to talk about a new edition of the scripture from CSB, the um, the Bible in notebook form. Yes. And we'll talk with Andy McLean about that. We're going to flash back to a conversation we had a few years ago with Don Wirtson. Do you remember when Don came to the Molin studio? Yeah, Don. Don's one of my heroes. And in, in the early days when I first started doing music, um, I can remember Don, I was in Grand Rapids where he, he was at that time. He actually took me to the music store, and we walked through album the albums, and he was pulling out albums. You need to listen to this. You need to listen to that. I mean, that's the kind of person Don Wurtzen is. So he's a sweet, yeah. sweet guy. Yeah. One of the books on my shelf is his uh, book on the Psalms and worship, yeah. which I just yeah. thoroughly enjoy. I pull it off the shelf once in a while and look at it. Well, Don, uh, you'll hear that conversation with Don Wurtzen coming up here in a few minutes on this edition of the podcast. Thanks for reviewing in the studio at Apple Podcasts. Someone here says, Mike Cart has never been more relevant. Great music, excellence, and scriptural discussion. Enjoying the journey can be found with Mike. And then this person has a good idea. They said, we wait each Monday for your latest podcast, never miss it, and go back to the older podcast to share with others. Thanks for your dedication to honoring the Lord and all you do. Here's the beautiful thing about podcasts. It's on-demand listening. So you don't have to wait for a new edition to come along on the radio. You can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or other podcast platforms and choose from any number of uh, episodes in the library, Mike. They're all there. Yeah. And that one, of the, one of the great things of having that, uh, that site is uh, you can search it. Uh, you can go back and find all the places George Guthrie spoke to us. You mm-hmm. can have you know mm-hmm. a, a George Guthrie afternoon or a Don Wurtzen afternoon or, or whoever, because we, we have these friends of the program who recur, and uh, that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah, it's always nice when friends come back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can digitally search for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michaelcard.com is a good starting place. All right, well, we're going to talk about this new edition of the Bible, which makes uh, taking notes in your Bible so easy. We'll talk about that in a moment. But speaking of the book, let's hear that song by you. Uh, Ken Lewis is on percussion here. Shanoa Alamu is on the violin. Michael Card's song recorded in the studio, The Book. of prophets in their fiery words and rhymes in the pages of the patriarchs we can read on every line of the kindness of commandments and of all he undertook that before we called he answered us in the pages of the book Only faithful songs We go as deep as we can go 
of the meaning of love. Mike, let's talk about a new way to study the book. I'm holding the CSB Scripture Notebook. This is the uh, Gospel yes. of Luke that I'm holding here. I think you have the same one in your hand there in your home. I uh, do. This is an idea that you've talked about for a long time. You love this, don't you? Yeah, it, well, it's such a creative way of um, uh, helping people in their study of individual books. It's a uh, it's a it's a really neat size. You can almost put it in your pocket, but it's it's big enough that the text is big enough. And on the left side, you've got the actual text of the CSB, and on the right, you've got a a, a lined, you know, blank lined sheet to 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 take notes in. I just I mm-hmm. absolutely love this thing. If you were in a group Bible study doing Luke or Mark or whatever, everyone should start by getting one of these. And I'm. That sounds like a commercial, but it, uh, I really I really mean that. I really mean that. Well, it came from Lifeway and the director of Bible Publishing, the CSB Bible. Andy McLean is on the phone with us. Hi, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. You can tell we're excited about what you've done here. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, there's um, there's a there's a few reasons, I guess, you know, as to why we sort of uh, developed this. Um, you know, on, on the one hand, a lot of what, you know, Michael had just said, but but just also, you know, just I, I think that there's a, a kind of a trend happening, uh, not only the way that readers are sort of consuming content, but also the in the amount of content, uh, you know, so, so whether with a book or the Bible itself, I think that there's a bit of a swing toward a model and format that sort of encompasses smaller individual units uh, versus one large volume, you know, where a buyer can sort of move through the reading experience bit by bit, uh, you know, so when it comes to reading the Bible, instead of perhaps feeling overwhelmed by the amount of content and, you know, feeling defeated, perhaps, you know, once you get behind in your yearly Bible reading plan, some readers might find it a bit more accessible to work through the Bible in this format. Uh, you know, they like the idea of sort of adding to the biblical library one book at a time and, and have a sense of, of accomplishment and continued motivation. Uh, to kind of keep going after having gone through one of the individual volumes. Right. Well, we're holding Luke. How many of these are available? Uh, so we have the, the the New Testament set. It's out right now. And then the Old Testament set will be releasing next month, in fact. So, yeah. Okay. Hey, Mike, don't you have a copy of your grandfather's old Bible? Did we talk about that one time? Yeah, I do. With his, uh, well, he didn't, he wouldn't write in his Bible. He wrote in his other books, but he didn't believe in writing oh, in the okay. Bible. All right. Well, that's another sideline for the value of these. I mean, imagine when you've worked through this, and then you can share it with you know your family, give it to your kids, uh, and uh, you know there there there's not cross references. There are very few. I mean, only every ten pages or so is there even some sort of uh, on the on the bottom there'll be a note you know about alternate translation or something like that. But it's just clean. And uh, I'm, I can't tell you how, ex- how excited I am yeah. about these. I didn't know it was the whole Bible, Andy. I thought it was just the Gospels. Yeah, no, we have the, the entire New Testament. Obviously, you know, certain smaller books, uh, like the pastoral epistles, you know, they might be combined into one volume uh-huh. itself. But yeah, so the, the New Testament set is, is currently available, and the Old Testament set will be here soon. Well, I want to go back to that legacy wow. idea for a moment. Uh, Producer Joe mentioned this to me, but the idea of, you know, you, you spend a lifetime studying the Scripture— and generations to yeah. come could see those notes written in these these little uh, scripture notebooks. It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? 
Well, let's uh, let's yeah. take a passage of scripture. Again, we're holding the uh, Luke edition here, Michael, and Luke is something that you've spent a lot of time with, studying the life of mm-hmm. Jesus. So, shall we talk about uh, a passage in Luke? Where should we go? Sure, sure, Andy. You want to look at uh, chapter seven in the the Centurion? I think that's my favorite passage in Luke. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking at you know the notes that I've made in the margins. And, uh, you know, some people think, you know, they have to write some profound thing, you know, some, uh, uh, I don't know, something that will match the scripture, but that, <laughs> you don't have to do, you don't have to do that. I mean, I'm looking at mine. So in, in verse one, it's or verse two, there's a centurion. Well, I had to look up and see what a centurion was. So my note says a commander of 800 or of 80 to hundred people, a legion of 6,000, 10 cohorts, each cohorts is six centuries. So it's kind of. I know that's kind of nerdy and uh, uh, overly detailed, but that's the kind of stuff that you can you can write down. Um, in verse eight, uh, the the centurion says to Jesus, "For I myself am a man under authority." And my note says, I put a circle around myself, and it says, "Well, he recognizes that Jesus has authority. That's pretty important." And so you note things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I mean, even you know when we were thinking about. And asking the question, okay, so, you know, what is the most appropriate sort of medium for doing extended note-taking? You know, what type of format and trim size and paper quality would be ideal for not only sort of recording personal reflections, but also capturing notes from your pastor sermon series and carrying it with your small group? I mean, so, I mean, this, this is kind of unique in that sense. These scripture notebooks are unique. Uh, given the fact that they they tend to be more portable and have that thicker paper, kind of kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, and and I, and I do think mm-hmm. that uh, this is just this lends itself to uh, enhance or deepen our study of the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, sort of being in this user friendly format. Uh, you know, for churches who lean more towards expositional preaching and teaching, these notebooks can be a great tool for sort of just walking through the text with their pastor or their small group leader, verse by verse, while allowing for that space, you know, to highlight and to underline and record those interpretive insights. And I so, like so the I, functionality, yeah. yeah, I think lends itself for, for greater opportunities. Yeah. And just like you said, I mean, you can, you can uh, obviously, have, you know, I, I have mine open and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm kind of walking through that text and I'm being able to, to make observations here you know, the, the, the servants come to Jesus and say, and they plead with him earnestly saying, you know, he is worthy for you to grant this because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. And, uh, and so, so you know, that's, that's something that kind of stands out to me. Uh, so, you, you know, Jesus, you should, you know, you should sort of deviate from your, your path and your trajectory and kind of come with us because this guy's worthy of your attention. But yet, you know, in verse six, he kind of just jumps right into the fact that, no, I, I am not worthy. And so you have this, this yes. contrast that's taking place. And in fact, he, he goes on to say it again. You know, I'm, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. This is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you initially. And, uh, and so yeah. I, I, I think, you know, as your pastor sort of, um, you know, highlights these things and, and kind of makes these uh, connections in the, in the text, that you're able to kind of follow along and engage the same way. A lot of traditional Bibles don't have margin space to capture extended notes and reflections. And even for those Bibles that do, a lot of people, you know, like your grandfather, don't don't like writing in them because they don't want to see ink bleed through the papers, you know, uh, which is yes. tra- typical for traditional Bible paper. But since these have, you know, paper that's closer to what books use, thicker, with less bleed through, that really isn't a concern. And people are more inclined to mark these up as they walk through them book by book. So. Yeah, it's it's a way yeah. when you're engaging with your imagination, you really feel free to 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 in, to engage with your pencil or your pen in that in that uh, line sheet. And Andy, I, the 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 passage you underlined, I underlined the exact same things. At one point, they say this man deserves, and the, later he says I don't deserve. And then my note in the in the margin is he acknowledges that he's not worthy, but he still asks Jesus to do it. I'm not worthy to have mm-hmm. you do that, but I want you to do it anyway. So it under, it, this centurion understands something about Jesus that the elders don't seem to understand, that he, he's, he's grace-motivated. You don't, you don't have to deserve. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I don't know. But that's the kind of thing you, you need a Bible with margins 
to interact in. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think that you know that functionality lent to the again that sort of enhanced deep and study the Bible. You know because. You know, Michael, I mean, you know, various studies have, have shown that, that learning and long-term retention increases when people sort of actively engage with the content that they're studying, right? So, yes. um, you know, of course, you know, various studies sort of assign different percentage numbers, and I'm no expert, so I'm not, I'll avoid sort of giving any numbers, but but in brief, I mean, the, the, the overall gist is this, there's a certain percentage of information that we retain passively by just hearing and reading, but that percentage number increases exponentially when we actively engage with that content by writing it out and finding ways to act on it. And so, you know, if the ultimate goal here is to hide God's Word in our hearts and, and to help our people do the same uh, and allow it to tr- transform us from the inside out, then anything that we can do to help us and our people sort of think and engage and retain that word long-term is, is going to be helpful. Yeah. Well, and I, I can get in with this text and really wrestle with it. You know, your $100 uh, leather-bound, nice new CSB, you know, you, you don't just carelessly underline things and say things in the margin, but this, I can really wrestle, and maybe I'll say something that's wrong, and I'll go back later, I can cross it out. Um, it... I, I, you know, I, I just I don't know what words to use that, uh, to to describe the functionality of having this one book in my hand that I can engage with uh, in the margins and underline the text, and I don't worry about it because they're they're not super expensive. It's just a small, you know, one book at a time, sort of almost like an ancient scroll. You know, <laughs> I, I, here I've got Mark. I'll hand you the scroll or the 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 scripture <laughs> notebook for Mark. Uh, yeah. But I, I just can't tell you how excited I am about these things. Well, I like it because it seems to be very personal. And it doesn't have to be limited, You're, the notes that you make. And by the way, Andy, I like that point about the fact that, because I find this true for me, when I handwrite notes, I retain what's written a lot longer than just typing it on a computer, for instance. Uh, that, that's a great point to make. But this is, And you go back later and you see your notes and you've got it in your head again. Yes, exactly. But I like this because it's personal. It doesn't have to be just study notes and observations that you make about the text. It can be uh, answers to prayer, you know, or circle a passage and, and comment on how you found that to be true in your experience of life. You know, these kinds of things. That makes it very personal, Mike. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah at that point, it becomes a journal. Yeah. Yeah, and I've even seen, uh, you know, families here recently sort of adopt this sort of as their, their primary text for leading family devotions. And so, you know, they're at the dinner table or, you know, breakfast time in the morning or just reading with their kids at night. So they're kind of walking their kids, um, and, you know, as a family kind of, you know, through these individual volumes and, and kind of building those basic hermeneutical skills, you know, from a young age uh, and saying, you know, obviously kind of, you know, okay, well, what, is, what does this text say about God? What does it say about us? What does it say about God's character and God's love for us? You know, and so they're just they're they're just helping you know the next generation uh, sort of uh, understand and, and and be able to to navigate the scriptures for themselves. Hmm. Well, let's be clear what we're talking about. Again, it's the CSB Scripture Notebook, and as Andy said, there are different editions available of the of the books of the Bible. We're holding Luke in our hand right now. I like the uh, the text on the cover: "Read, reflect, respond." Uh, that's very good. But these are widely available, of course, from CSB and Lifeway. Uh, Mike, we're gonna. Uh, we've been looking at Luke seven here, and uh, I wonder if you want to comment about the servant aspect. What, what's in your notes about that at the end? Uh, there, around verse uh, nine and ten, because uh, we're gonna hear your song. How much more a servant in just a moment? Well, it, it, what I what I find interesting, verse nine is, of course, Luke. I call Luke the Gospel of amazement. Anyway, he loves that language of of being amazed or astonished, and and uh, and. And what I find interesting is that uh, you've been waiting seven chapters. Everyone else is ama- has been amazed. You're waiting for Jesus to be amazed. <laughs> and in uh, verse 9, he's amazed that the centurion asked for what he doesn't deserve. And um, there, there are two things that amazes Jesus, faith or the lack thereof, <laughs> in uh, Mark 6. And this is all in my no- you know, written in my notes. In the, you know, <laughs> so that's how it shows the, the, the importance of... Do- 
being able to do this. Be honest. Could we, 6, could we read those a, notes if we looked at them, Mike? How's your handwriting these days? No, no, I, no, I barely can. Okay. But, uh, but, but you, in but Mark you can 6, read it. 6, in Mark, in Mark 6, 6, Jesus is amazed by their lack of faith. So there, you know, so there's two things that amaze Jesus, faith or the lack thereof. Yeah. Well, Andy McLean has been with us, Director of Bible Publishing at Lifeway. Andy, thank you, and, and great idea. We're so glad that CSB has uh, published these uh, Scripture notebooks. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again for having me on and, and being able to talk through this. So thank you. You can tell Mike's pretty excited about this. <laughs> yeah, that's let's right. uh, <laughs> let, let's wrap this up, Mike, with that song that I mentioned. This again was recorded in studio. No, uh, no high production uh, CD recordings here on the podcast. It's all in studio performances. How much more a servant? Here's Michael Card. On this their final night They bicker and they fight Still they are slaves to men And not yet slaves to Christ He would give up on words Too tired to speak So he took up the towel And washed their filthy feet The arguments just fade away And there is nothing more they can say the wordless lesson that will set them free tell me how much more a servant could he be he took a loaf of bread he broke it and he said take this my body and remember me He took the final cup And as he raised it up This covenant is new My blood poured out for you The arguments just fade away And there is nothing more That they can say The wordless lesson that Will set them free Tell me how much more a servant could he be? He is the slave who always serves himself and makes of himself the final meal. Lived out in flesh so we could see. Tell me how much more a servant could he be? He is the wine and bread. Too much to comprehend He leads us from his knees And serves us as a friend In time they'd finally hear The message made so clear Who is the greatest one? It is God's servant son The arguments just fade away And there is nothing more That we can Say the wordless lesson that will set us free. Tell me how much more a servant could he be? How much more a servant? How much more a servant? How much more a servant could he be? Mike, listening to that song, of course, here we are in early March. The end of this month will be Holy Week and then Easter and early mm-hmm. April. How, how should we be preparing our hearts and minds for uh, Easter and Resurrection Sunday? And what do you do? Well, I mean, for me, it's always Scripture. It's always look, going to the Scriptures and engaging. And and, uh, and what amazes me is how the Spirit is always so faithful to show you new things. I mean, if you'll invest the time... To really sit and listen, uh, listen to Scripture, and you know, you and I have been looking at the Bible for a lot, a lot of a lot of years, uh, but it never ceases to amaze me how something new comes, some new connection, or um, right. 
and yeah. uh, and so that for me, that's how it's I prepare. Living and active, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I enjoy reading *A Violent Grace*. Oh, really? On my bookshelf here in my studio. Yeah, and uh, your devotionals there really uh, help prepare my heart for for the death, and then of course the resurrection to follow. Well, those come from what I was just talking about. You just listen to the text and try to engage, which is, of course, what we've been talking about uh, in the, on the program today. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bill Lane, you say the best way to love someone is to listen to them. Well, the best way to love God is to mm-hmm. listen to Him, especially, you know, as we get close to Easter. Um, and so, yeah, yeah to, long Easter. answer to your question. That's the best way, I think, to prepare is listen to the Word. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Bill Lane and your mentors, we have a note from a brother in Texas. He says, I hear your songs. I've heard your songs since I was a kid growing up in India in the 80s. Wow. I had the opportunity to meet you in Dallas. I remember asking you how you were able to put such strong theological songs together to music. And I'll never forget your humble answer. I had good teachers. Mm. You deferred the glory to others. Mm. There's Bill Lane and others' influence in your life, isn't it? Well, I deferred the glory to others, but it also just happens to be the truth. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on to say, it's been a while since I've listened to your music, and I was thinking about you while sitting in the cafe I launched 16 months ago in McKinney, Texas. I found your page on Facebook, followed it, and found the Spotify link to your series. I've been going through a tough time, struggling with periods of depression and trying to do my best in this challenging environment. Mm. The Lord has blessed me as you spoke and sang. His countenance has truly shined on me. I do not deserve it, but his grace, forgiveness, and love are indeed unsurpassable. Mm. Words cannot express how much I need to hear what you shared on the podcast, bringing clarity to who Jesus really is. My prayer for myself and your other listeners is that our view of Jesus may grow so strong during this period that we will truly see ourselves for who we are in his light, his spirit, and his strength. Well, thank you for that. Very nice. Isn't it interesting? He said what the centurion said. I don't deserve it. But uh, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's still glad to receive that from the Lord. So, yeah, thank you for that encouraging note. Well, it's been a great session so far, but we need to reset the studio for the second half. If what you're hearing has prompted you to look for more, look online for more from Michael that can help. Find books, including the newest release titled The Nazarene. There's music and news about upcoming conferences, all at michaelcard.com. You can email your comments and questions to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. That's inthestudio at michaelcard.com. And we hope you'll get the word out about this program by posting a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing the link on your favorite social media platform. Coming up, more music and conversation after this message, In the Studio with Michael Card. This month, we're featuring the CSB Notebook Editions. Here's Michael with more about this Bible study resource. On the left side, you've got the actual text of the CSB, and on the right, you've got you know, a blank line sheet to take notes in. I absolutely love this thing. Search for CSB Notebook at csbible.com and scroll through the list of Bible books that are available. Find the notebook version you want to order and apply your 30% discount on the CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type in the studio as one word in the promotion code for your 30% discount with LifeWay. The Christian Standard Bible Notebook, the perfect study tool to record your research and insights as you get serious with God's Word. If you were in a group Bible study doing Luke or Mark or whatever, everyone should start by getting one of these. Imagine when you've worked through this and then you can share it with you know your family, give it to your kids. I can't tell you how excited I am about these. Search for CSB Notebook now at csbible.com. All right, Mike, brace yourself. I'm taking you back 16 years now. Wow. To a conversation with a special guest in the Mole and Studio. Do you remember talking with Don Wurtson? I do, as bad as my memory is. I can't believe that I do remember that. But he is a remarkable, a remarkably gifted person. And and like so many people that we have on this program, not only is he gifted, but he is he's kind of a pastoral. He cares about people and he uses that gift. So uh and early on, I was a recipient of, of that kindness. So absolutely, I remember Don Wurtson. Don Wurtson, welcome. Hey, it's great to see you, Wayne and Michael. 
I have uh, known you, Don, through the years, and we've talked several times, but I didn't put the two of you together until recently. What uh, have you worked on together? Oh, we, we worked on a lot of things. Um, my my Don Wurzen story is uh, uh, being... Uh, I'm afraid to hear this. No, 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 no. This is not going to hurt at all. Uh, <laughs> I just, just started making uh, records and uh, was in Grand Rapids, and of course had, had uh, grown up uh, singing uh, Don's arrangements in, uh, in choir and church. And uh, got to be friends, got to know each other. But typically, this is what would happen. I'd go, and he and I would go to record stores together and flip through, and he'd say, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Of course, I hadn't heard anything. (laughs) We were great listeners. Uh, Then we'd go back to his house, and he would say, now listen, see how he does that? Or see how the strings, you know, do this or that? And it was an amazing education that... Um, did meant more to me than I could say. Most of all, that someone of his stature would have invested time in me. It meant a lot to me, Don. Thank you. Well, you know, I remember working on those lullaby projects with you, mm-hmm. Sleep mm-hmm. Sound in Jesus. It was such a serene and beautiful. Yeah, it's been so popular with he people through the years. He used hammer and dulcimer, I think, and recorders, and I got to write, like, string quartets. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody's ever done that quite that way yeah. in the Christian music field. <laughs> we, had, we had a blast. Don, one of records. your books you've written is on the Psalms. A musician looks at the Psalms. That's on my, uh, my desk at home. I'll pick that up from time to time just for devotional reading. That's very rich. Thanks for asking about that. Yeah. It's actually being reprinted this year oh, by Broadman Holman. I didn't know that. And I've just written some new essays on worship and music to go with my commentary on the Psalms, which is really a daily devotional for every day of the mm. year mm. based on all 150 Psalms. Michael, it was really an ambitious project. That is. It took me like three years to write it, like working every day on it. Well, but, you know, we've got wow. Don Wurtzen sitting right at the piano here in the studio. It's it scary, seems, isn't it? It seems like such a waste not to hear that uh, <laughs> this man play the piano. Don, you want to play just something, a little something for us here? And Sure, I'd love to. I, I was telling Michael... Uh, Lately, I've been having my devotions at the piano. I heard Twyla Paris tell me that one time. Wow. That she has her devotions at the piano, and I've thought, well, it sure works well for her. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it works well for you, too. But I was just recently uh, intrigued by this verse in Psalm 63, 1, which goes, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Mm. You know, David, the chief musician of the Old Testament, was out on the Judean desert, and he knew what it was like to be really thirsty. Mm. And it's really a metaphor, I think, for modern life, because so many of us are living for other people, other things, other pursuits, than following hard after God. And so I set this to music in a, in a little song that nobody's ever heard. I just brought, brought it over today mm-hmm. called My Soul Thirsts for You. And it just basically sets Psalm 63-1 to music. So why don't I just play a I'd few bars that. of that? Just turn to the keyboard there. Thank you, Don. First time ever. Don Wurtson, thank you. First time ever. (laughs) I don't sing, Wayne, but at home, you know, I'll kind of sing in my falsetto voice and (laughs) play on my synth. And I think in music, you have to actually do something like move your your arms a little bit or... (laughs) Sing along. You know, Michael, watching Don play that, I was just thinking how naturally that comes to someone whose gift is music and how naturally worship goes hand in hand with that gift. But that really ought to be what characterizes our worship 
in life, the, the fact that it goes hand in hand with who we are. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And and so for, for everyone, it's not going to be composing a new melody. For some people, it may be a mercy gift. It may I mean, be gardening. For my wife, I think it's gardening. Mm-hmm. That's almost worship for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you experienced that, Don? Sure. My yeah. wife loves to garden, too. Yeah. And obviously, that that's an intimate connection with the Lord. Yeah. I think worship is intimacy. I think that that's what we're all craving. I mean, you can go into the etymology of it, worthship, you know, worthscopy from the old Anglo-Saxon, mm. worth, W-O-R-T-H, whatever is of supreme worth to you. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easy to get caught up in theological formulations and abstractions right. that worship is ascribing to God supreme worth. But worship is really intimacy. Mm. And I, I once read the great writer Chesterton said, when a young man stands at the door of a brothel, what he's really looking for is God. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we usually don't think in terms that worship is really intimacy. And I used to think there were worshipers and non-worshipers, but I think everybody's a worshiper. I think we're hardwired to worship. Mm-hmm. The difference is in what the object of our worship is. Mm-hmm. And I think when the object of our worship is the Lord, there's a, obviously a whole supernatural divinely revealed dimension to that. Mm-hmm. But I find music is such a beautiful marriage between cultivating intimacy with the Lord and this glorious art form, which I think is the greatest of all the art forms because it speaks to us on so many levels at once. It isn't just an intellectual thing or even just an emotional thing or just a physical thing. Mm. Your whole being is really involved in the music Mm -hmm. experience. Mm. Well, Don, you've given us a little glimpse at uh, what devotions are like for you at the piano. Do you you, uh, also pray? While you're playing sometimes, maybe? I do. I, I I don't mean to give the impression that I always have my devotions at the piano. Sure, we but know. I have everything set up with a little workstation and my computer and my sense, so everything's <laughs> kind of nearby. Huh. Actually, I work for myself, so that one of the things I do just about every morning as I drive out into the country, I live in Brentwood in the suburbs, but within five minutes I can be in beautiful country like here, rolling mm-hmm. hills with mm-hmm. horse farms and mm-hmm. And I pray out loud in my car mm-hmm. hmm. and just kind of start off the day that way. I think some of the farmers think I'm a little crazy, but I belong <laughs> to the farmers consortium uh-huh. anyway. <laughs> but I just pray uh, about, actually, I pray a little a little three-part form, almost like a little sonata. I pray for my relationship with the Lord first, which is the whole spiritual dimension. And then I pray for my domestic relationships, mm-hmm. uh, my family and my wife and my kids and my grandkids, and extending from that to my extended family and my friends. And then I pray about my work, which is my vocational thing. Mm-hmm. And I just seem to fall into that, which also happens to be the outline to Ephesians, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've, that, that's just, I find it very helpful to, to be looking at beautiful scenery and nature while I'm praying. Yeah. And here in Tennessee, we have some gorgeous country, but like I was down in Gulf Shores, Alabama a few days ago, and I walked the beach and did the same thing and looked at the glorious Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. that perfect horizon line. <laughs> I think Christians would be more creative as novelists, as as makers of cinema and and music and everything, if they would get more in touch with worshiping the Lord in His creation. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think we've made it pretty much a theological, academic kind of a thing. And I'm all for theology. I think that's where the answers are. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if it's just pure academic theology without really living your life with some style, then you've missed it, I think. Mm -hmm. I call it nurturing your soul. Mm-hmm. And even if I weren't a Christian, I want to nurture my soul through great music and nature. And, but I think it's sad that Christians who really have this relationship with Christ often neglect yeah. nature and art and music and great literature, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we who have such an, an, an amazing connection to nature, you know, don't use that as a vehicle for praising pra- him when the Bible uh, clearly makes that connection. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God, that sort of thing. The earth is yeah. full of his glory. Yeah. What is that, Psalm 19, I think? 90, 91 oh, is 91, one of them. 91, yeah. yeah. And Romans 1, Paul picks that up, too, about the creation. But the Psalms are just loaded with uh, allusions to, to nature and also to great emotion, you know. to th- There are far more laments in the Psalms, you know, real outpourings of depression and discouragement and despair than there are passages about praise. Hmm. 
And in my book, I talk about the praise being like the diamond that's showcased against the the black velvet curtain of all this despair and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were right. That is Psalm 19. I should have known better than to say, there's my dyslexia. I thought it was Psalm 91, but it was 19. Well, remember, Michael, yeah. dyslexics have more enough. <laughs> um, Don, you, you have, um, I'm not sure what the word is. You have led us. You've you've helped us, oh, uh, facilitated, the, facilitated yes. us in worship for so many years yeah. with so many wonderful melodies. And one that is incredible is Finally Home. Uh, how many times have we heard finally home through the years? Well, I, I wish we heard more hymns about, he- uh, not hymns, but more sermons about heaven. We don't hear a lot about it for some reason mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But that song, uh, I wrote at Dr. Criswell's house in Dallas. He was that great Southern Baptist yes, preacher. Who recently went to be with the Lord. And mm-hmm. uh, it was sung at his funeral. But uh, it's really a song about heaven. And I think, you know, the key to living life is to learn how to, face your own death, because the Lord is not only the key to life, but he's the key to death. As I know, Michael, you've shared with me about your professor, Dr. Lane. Mm-hmm. Didn't he call you and say, I want to teach you how a righteous man dies? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And this song pictures heaven this way, but just think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven, of touching a hand and finding it God's, of breathing new air and finding it celestial, Mm. of waking up in glory and finding it home. Mm. I find when I'm traveling, I'll wake up and I don't know where I am. (laughs) And I think what that song says is that when you finally get there, you're going to feel at home for the first time. Mm. We know the words so well. Would you play it for us? Love to. Finally home, Don Wurtson in the studio. Thanks, Don. Uh, when thinking about uh, uh, the two themes we've been talking about, heaven and worship, I think there's one scene that comes to mind from Scripture. We were talking about it earlier uh, and how it is a choral moment. Only uh, it's a pretty, Revelation 5. Yeah, it's a pretty big choir. 
Well, I hate to see churches get rid of their choirs because I think they're one of God's favorite groups. Mm. <laughs> and that choir in Revelation 5 is millions upon millions of angels joining the saints. And that's future. That's not even contemporary. Yeah. That's, that's, that's ahead as, of us. That's as contemporary as you get, isn't that, yeah, it? Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and until you said that, I had never thought about that moment really being a choral moment. Well, uh, I'm not really against worship teams or anything. I don't no, no, want to no. mislead people. No, no. But I just think we should use all these things because we've got they're like colors on a palette. Yeah. You know, you've got choirs and worship teams and synths and acoustic pianos like your lovely mm-hmm. piano here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't say, well, I'm going to go all into synths and, and get duct tape and flashing lights and, right. <laughs> and forget the acoustic <laughs> instruments. <laughs> but so often the church just kind of gets out of balance. And where I come from, where I was born in New York, we call that, you know, the latest shtick. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. what's the latest thing coming down? What's the next big thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and too often it, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's um, oh, what's the word? It's imitative of oh. what's going on in the world. And reactive. Too. Yeah, yeah. But you blended together finally home with worthy as the lamb. And Michael, you referred to that in yeah. Revelation. Let's let's turn to that where yeah. that comes from in Revelation. Well, why don't we turn to Revelation five and and read that passage, and then and then Don can reprise for us the melody that he wrote based on this text. Please, Is that okay, idea. Don? Sure, I'd love yeah. to. Will you read it, Mike? Yeah, I'll start uh, with verse eleven. This is the choir. This is the outline of the choir that he referred to earlier. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and praise and glory. And here's the rest of the choir. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Worthy is the Lamb. hear the thousands of voices in that choir and the millions of angels. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Don Wurtzen, thank you for being with us in the studio and leading us in worship. And thanks thanks for the, the faithfulness over the years and, and all the hard work that I know has gone into the work you've done. Faithful man, be encouraged. Thank you. Your encouragement to all of us. Great to be with you. Thank you. Mike, isn't it amazing that what we talked about there is so appropriate for the day in which we live right now? Yeah, th- well, those things are timeless. I mean, that that kind of uh, in- investing yourself the way uh, people like Don Wurtzen have done, uh, y- you know, not just settling for his giftedness, but uh, the amount of work uh, that, that uh, it takes to become that proficient and not only mm-hmm. just to playing, but to r- arranging and writing and all the stuff he does. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I'm thankful for I'm thankful for the faithfulness. Yeah, listening again to him play yeah. the piano in the studio there was a treat too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and there, there aren't many people that play. I mean, you just see that little flare at the end of the song that he did. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, that made me smile. What a gifted brother. <laughs> Again, that was a flashback from our days at the Mole in Studio. Well, this has been a great hour to spend together. We had Andy on talking about Luke chapter 7 and uh, taking notes as we talked in our uh, CSB Scripture Notebook. Yes. Yeah, it's been it's been a good time together, as it always is. I mean, you know, the, the bad stuff we can edit out anyway, so it's always good, right, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> now you're letting everybody in on our secret here. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the focus of that Luke 7 conversation, Jesus as a servant, uh, he, he came to serve. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, he, he, uh, though he could have grasped equality with God, he makes himself nothing. And, uh, and when you see that in other people, the Don Wurtzens, the George Guthrie's, the people like that, um, I don't know. You see, you see what's possible uh, in, uh, in walking by faith. And... Um, I'm just thankful for all these brothers, all the brothers and sisters that we've had on this program that that uh, embody that. Well, Mike, any concluding thoughts before we sign off today? Well, I, it seems like the the overall theme has been uh, engaging with the word, listening to the word, um, and and then living living that out. How do, how do we make that uh, believable and beautiful and 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 uh, and visible in this world that needs to see it so badly and. Uh, Right now, Wayne, there's nothing but thanksgiving in my heart for uh, for people like Andy who who uh, use his giftedness and skills to put tools together for us. Mm-hmm. For people like Don Wurtzen who you know use his skills and gifts to put music and hymns and uh, things together for us. So um, uh, I'll just close. I'll close with uh, what my friend in Ireland Hindman used to say with a tear in his eye: "Isn't God good? Isn't He good?" We're so glad you joined us for this session. It's our prayer that the music and conversation was used by God to expand your understanding of living the Christian life. If this is your experience, please email your reactions to this hour. You can send your comments, song requests, or questions to us when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your email. Again, in the studio at michaelcard.com. Learn about Michael's books, his music, and our podcast guest details at michaelcard.com. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the CSB Notebook. This companion to your Bible study is perfect for recording details, insights, and lessons learned from going deep in the text. Search CSB Notebook and scroll through all the notebook options that interest you. When you order, use the promotion code in the studio, typed with no spaces, to receive your 30% discount on CSB purchases through Lifeway. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. Be sure to make plans to join us next time as we feature music and conversation designed to prepare you for Holy Week. For all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Manfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us for this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card.